You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you're well. The interview subject I've got prepared for you. My birds are going nuts in the background there. How about that? But the interview subject is Wayne Lozniak. He's the guitarist in Hatebreed. He does a lot of the presses, I understand, for Hatebreed because Jamie's usually tied up with his other media commitments for his podcast and God knows whatever else he's got going on. But the reason for the chat with a member of Hatebreed, Wayne, in this instance, is to talk up the new album for 2020 from the lads, titled Weight of the False Self. It'll be released via Nuclear Blast, Friday 27th of November. There are two cuts that are available publicly. I've had a listen to both because I suppose the band was a bit concerned that the album would be leaked, so it wasn't even in the Nuclear Blast portal for me to have a listen to in advance of the interview. But the two cuts that are available hint and suggest, and I suppose I'm giving away a bit here because I do talk about this through the conversation, but I'll finish what I'm going to say. I reckon this could be one of the band's most cohesive works, body of work, I should say, because it just sounds gnarly. It's vicious. So here he is, Wayne Lozniak from Hatebreed. Wayne. Hello. How's things, mate? How's it going? Mate, it's a sprightly, uh, what is it, 7.01 down here, mate. So it's been good, though, because I had to get up a few hours before uh, 7 o'clock to get the kids organised, mate. So I've had uh, Thin Lizzy's Jailbreak on in the background, in your honour, actually, as a matter of fact. Nice. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon, just before we kick off, I've got to say that I reckon the best live performance I've never seen was their performance in 1976, I think it was, on the steps of the Sydney uh, Opera House. Have you seen that video? I have not seen that one. Check it out. Seriously, it is the only live video I've seen where you can, the the visceral nature of the live performance actually comes through the digital screen. It. I, I spoke to Scotty Gorham about it, you know, Thin Lizzy's guitarist now in Black Star yep. Riders, and you couldn't meet a more humble guy, believe me. And just having a discussion with him, there, there was 110,000 people there watching that, you know, no crowd control. Wow. I mean, she, <laughs> yeah. she could have she could have gone out of hand, and uh, I know it's a big introduction, but I thought I'd share it with you because you know you're a stellar guitarist, and I know you love these sort of bands. Thank you, yeah, thank you very much. I'm actually a big uh, John Sykes fan. Speaking of, who was you know on on the last Thin Lizzy album, and then you know later on. Oh, uh, yeah, Tigers of Pantang, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm with you all the way there. See, my my. Uh, my love of metal and rock is uh, it's probably mirrors yours and Jamie's actually, and that it, it has no bounds. Yeah, black metal, death right. metal, the whole lot, right through to Thin Lizzy, classic rock, whatever it might be. As long as it's got a guitar, a bass, drums, I'm pretty much there. Exactly. You know, maybe except for some of that that indie Radiohead style stuff. Not Radiohead, but you know, oh yeah, of, yeah, yeah. You know, some of that right. shit I don't really get into, but you can understand that. You know. Yeah. How's the uh, how's the conversations been going with us though? Uh, you know the Australian media contingent types, and indeed all over the world. But we've been trying. Oh, good, yeah. I've, I've actually been doing a lot of uh, Australian interviews. I think uh, maybe more than <laughs> more than the other ones so far. This is pretty there's a, cool. Well, there's a lot of interest in you guys down here, as I'm sure you know. Um, the band has always been very popular down here. Uh, I distinctly remember, God, this is way back in the 90s when I had hair down to here somewhere, but I remember going <laughs> to a house party somewhere and I got threatened to be beaten up for my long hair by a bloke in a hate breed t-shirt. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I understand. It happens. It happens sometimes. But, you know. Oh, it's not your fault. We, we, just, 
you yeah, know. we try and be exclusive to, you know, or not exclusive to just one thing. We love everyone. <laughs> oh, I know you guys do. You guys are fantastic. But I remember he saw me grooving along a little bit too. Uh, I was, I put on, I fell, I put on Mother by Danzig. And of course, I was there just going, yeah, this is great. And I could see this guy staring at me. And then a, an hour <laughs> or two, I thought it was all cool. And then an hour or two later, as he got drunker, he came up to me and wanted to have a go. And I thought, shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he was, sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, and, and I thought, but you guys, I, I liked you guys. Especially the days. 90s. I mean, the 90s, you know, that was a different time. It wasn't a, just the caveman era for metal in a lot of ways. It was so fractured and tribal. I mean, people think it is now, but you were there back then. I was there back then. We're in Africa. Oh, yeah. So. And, and the way fans carried on and about, you know, if you, I distinctly remember having conversations with people. If they listened to black metal, they wouldn't listen to death metal and vice versa. And I was like, oh, yeah, huh? definitely. Especially it was worse in the 80s, actually. I think the 90s started kind of getting a little more like crossover stuff like fans and stuff so the the 80s i think was really segregated mm. yeah i loved you guys leeway and chromax you guys are my oh, three, yeah. three leeway in particular i gotta say a band that gets like literally zero recognition yeah. from the scene but i think i've heard yourself and jamie talk about about the band so are they an, an influence like a significant oh yeah definitely it's funny you mentioned them because i i specifically remember i think it was 91 seeing leeway in new haven connecticut and a bunch of people beating up some long-haired dudes that were there <laughs> and wow. so yeah it kind of it, it didn't happen you know it didn't happen often but every now and then even though leeway they were like a practically metal they had long hair most of the guys some of the guys in the band so it's like yeah, it doesn't make any sense but leeway definitely that the whole metal hardcore cross crossover thing that, that they brought especially in the scene mm. huge huge influence well, I think that that alludes to the first point that I wanted to address, which is that I love the guitar tone with Leeway, and you carry that over actually right the way through from the first three EPs. Y your guitar tone to to this day, I, I don't think, I'm sure there are, it's out there, but I haven't heard a more vicious guitar tone than yours. Uh, with wow, what you're doing you. here on Weight of the False Self, I mean, that that was the most impressionable thing. Jamie's vocal has never sounded better as well, but just the marriage of the guitars, the pummeling drums. And your guitar tone, I'm a guitarist and a bassist and, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, if we could play, I'd be playing covers these days, but we can't get out there and do it because of right. it. But um, how do you achieve that tone? Because no doubt you've spent decades refining it. Well, actually, we our normal live tone is, is basically the, the same, but actually on the new album, we kind of upped it a little bit where we experimented because we wanted to make it even bigger and heavier. So on this album, this is the first one where that I played on that I actually combined two different heads. Like we, our normal t uh, tone is the Marshall TSL 100. Mm -hmm. So we, that's what we use live. That's what I've used on every album from 2009 on. And, uh, but this one, we wanted to kind of combine one and we took the EVH 5150 EL 34 model and we put a little bit of that tone in there too and mix it together and actually did four tracks of guitars instead of two to really make it big. And I think that's why this album in particular sounds even more full and heavier than the last one. You know how at the end of each pick, I hope this makes sense. Okay. And I'm not going to use technical language because I just don't know how to, but it sounds like, and I'm going to do a sound effect. So sound effect warning, here we go. But you go, jug, 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 
and it's got this gate crashing down at the end, a bit like what Marilyn Manson did on Antichrist Superstar, that production technique they use. Is that a production technique with you guys, or is that just all technique? Guitar technique, that is. Uh, it's, it's, I, think, I would say it's a little of both. I mean, you need it. Obviously, you need a good noise gate pedal so that that's, that's you know, tight, set tight so that it stops right when you stop. But also in the production, they can clean all that stuff up with all the technology. Now they could they could cut like if, if there's a little bleed or something, they could definitely cut that in production. But but it's 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 kind of a combination of everything. The, the playing technique, the noise gate type pedal and editing, you know, certain little noises here and there in the post, you know, production stuff of the uh, album. Mm. Are, you, are you using LTDs or what are you using these days? The guitar on guitar? Yeah. Gibson Les Paul Customs. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, that's why. With, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with uh, EMG active pickups with 81 in the bridge. Yeah. No, yeah that's look, that's the signature. Beat, yeah, you can't beat the Les Paul logo. It's got the thick rock sound. Yeah, it's thick, but it's also clear. That's It's like, you know, there's some of the other guitars, they have like a more of a, like a fizzy kind of yeah. thing to it. I, to know, I can never describe like what it is, but you know, if, if you hear it and the, the Gibson seems to have like a clear mid-range thick tone. And then you combine it with the EMG pickups, it gives it a little more sustain and it's a little more, a little more volume and just push to the amp. How long have you been using Gibson's for now? Uh, on, on and off since the mid nineties. Like I use, also use Jackson's for a little while. So then I think I was using, ja I used Jackson on the self-titled album. And I think for the rest on there, were, there was all Gibson. Please tell me they've reached out to you to discuss, if not an endorsement, but just, you know, custom guitars, custom shop. Uh, Gibson's, Gibson's kind of hard. They're one of the hardest companies yeah. out there, like, because they have like such big names and they've been around for so long. Like if I was with ESP, I'd probably have like a hundred guitars custom by now, but Gibson's kind of rough. We're, we deal with a guy in Germany. He's real cool. He like hooks us up with them stuff. And there's, there's been, you know, maybe some, some talks of possible Epiphone kind of thing, you know, starting out, but not, nothing, nothing set in stone at the moment. Right now I have most of my Gibsons are older ones. Anyway, I, to me, I think the, the older ones just have like that even better tone, just better wood. Well, look, you know, uh, my opinion here, of course, because uh, I'm saying it, obviously, but yeah, Gibson really lost their way in the last decade. Um, playing some of their stuff in shops and that bloody awful automated automated tuners that they put on, which avoided the warranty if you took them off. It's it was ridiculous. It was oh, like, really? I, yeah, I've never I've I've seen them, but I never actually. I don't think I actually tried one out. I was supposed to. We were supposed to get some with those, and then it, for some reason it didn't happen. So I'm not too familiar with those. <laughs> All right, well that's good. <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's they probably you know the underlying principles, the engineering might be all right, but I guess this is what happens when you get bean counters deciding to make guitars or, or formulate the strategy of guitar companies rather than. I, I think for us too, we have to watch out because I think some of the stuff may, might not work as well since we're tuned down so low, and like the Gibsons aren't like really made to be tuned low, so we have to make sure it's it's very uh, you know process to really get it right with the strings and all that the certain gauge strings the thicker strings and uh tuning it by hand <coughs> oh sorry you know perfectly just to get it so I, was, I think some i don't even know if it would have even worked with us those tuners but i haven't tried it so i can't really can't say that and just talking about the album then 
so look, based on what I've heard, look, admittedly, I've only heard the two tracks on, on Apple Music. It's not in, in Nuclear Blast. I, I know why. I mean, you don't want it leaking early or what have you. So I've only heard the two tracks that are publicly available. But just on the strength of those two cuts, okay, I'm anticipating that Weight of the False Self, False Self could be the band's most unified and cohesive work to date. Is that how you guys feel within the band? Um, actually, it's funny. I was doing a podcast with Frank and they were asking us like our favorite songs and this and that. And we both have different, <clears throat> different choices because the band as a whole, we all still have our own taste and of what we actually like. And mm. in my personal opinion, I think the other songs are better than those two songs, which were the singles. Normally you try and get the best songs off the album to be the singles. And for, for some people that is, it's those two songs. And I love those songs too, but I think, I think once you hear the rest of the album, you're going to be really surprised. It's especially compared to our other albums. I think we took it to the next level on some of the tracks here. That I think this is my favorite album that I've played on so far. They sound stadium ready. They sound arena shaking. That's the first thing. Oh, yeah. so, wait wait yeah. till you hear the other ones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, when this bloody COVID thing is done, you guys are just set up to tour with who was, uh, it was the um, Parkway Drive. Band. Parkway Drive. Yeah. It does be, <clears throat> you guys are set up to tour with them. I mean, you guys to me are, are their equal. There's no doubt. And it's a hell of a oh, one, thank two, you. three punch, you know, uh, having yourselves and, and whoever else is going to be on the, there was another great band. Who was it? Was it yeah, there was, it was a few, there were different ones, different versions. I mean, different uh, locations of the tour had different opening bands. We had like knocked loose was on one of them, but they're in, I think fit for a King. And, but they're, I, I don't know. I mean, we were all set to leave in March and then everything just got canceled. So I don't know what's mm -hmm. going to happen next year. Hopefully we can get the same guys together. Yeah. It's nuts actually. Uh, Venom Inc. And Exciter. Their tour has been postponed to November 2021, which sounds about yeah. right at this stage. Yep. Uh, well, yeah, we we're do? supposed to, we're rescheduled for, for March 2021, but the way things look now, I doubt that's, I don't see that happening. Well, it's not done on a federal level, these lockdowns. Australia, like the United States, has provinces, we have states here, not, oh, you got states as well, sorry, but right. it's done on a provincial level. So the individual states are making their own decisions. And yeah, yeah. I'm in Queensland, I'm on the Gold Coast. And uh, we have fairly draconian lockdowns going on at the moment because we haven't had community transmission on the on the in New South Wales and Queensland for some time now, and it's been very it's been limited and isolated. And they've got excellent track and trace. So you got to think at some point, when are we going to stop doing this? For God's sakes, I know it's difficult yeah. places like New York where people are living on top of each right. other. But we don't we don't live like that here. Yeah, that's where I mean I'm in Connecticut, so I'm right. I'm literally in between New York and Boston. So it's, it's like, and, but Connecticut's different. There's, there's parts that are like way out in the country where you're away from, you know, not near anything. And then there's cities where there's multiple family houses and apartment buildings. So it's kind of, kind of split here, but we're, we're, we're on a semi lockdown here, but like places like Florida, I just saw they're like open, like full on and they're just partying and everything else. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to tell. It keeps it spikes. It go it goes down, it goes up. I just, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think the lockdowns these days, mate, probably not telling you anything you haven't already figured out, but they're done along partisan lines. Depends on who the ruling party is. You know, you guys with Republicans yeah. or Democrats, us with a yeah. national party, that Liberal Party or the Labor Party. That's another thing. I can't believe it's like literally like now the sickness is political. Like that doesn't even make sense. It's like if you're a Republican conservative, you're like, I'm not wearing a mask. You're infringing on my freedom. And then the real liberal Democrats are like, 
you better wear a mask or you're going to kill my grandmother. You know, it's like, it's so divided here. It's insane. The way people are just have one track thinking. It's like, you got to kind of have a little of both, I think to be common sense, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It sort of reflects a political narrative at the moment. I'd listen to Dave Rubin and a few others and I'd listen to Joe Rogan and that, that podcast that he did uh, on the night of the election there. We've never, I don't know firsthand. I speak to a lot of you guys, the United States have done over 600 of these interviews at this stage and everybody's cool. Okay. And I, and I went, I've only recently went back to uni and a lot of the students were from your part of the world being the United States as well. Nobody's difficult. Nobody's that overtly yeah. political, but the, the, the media present it like as if you guys are at each other's throats and it's, it's a near civil war, which I think is just oh, bullshit, yeah. of course. But, but yeah. I mean, you in the day-to-day, you can still function, right? I mean, this is... Right, yeah. No, yeah. Like me walking around, personally, it's I don't really see anything. I have, I mean, we have opinions where I, you know, my people might get into arguments, but, you know, the protesting and everything, it's happening, but it's but it's not everywhere. Like, there's, it's, you know, certain sections or whatever. I've, mm. you know, I go to the grocery store and everything's fine or whatever, wherever I'm allowed to go at the moment. It's, so it's not everyone. It just, it does seem, but it does feel like there's a lot. It's mostly social media. You can't even look at social media oh. without people arguing. It doesn't matter what you post. It could be the most, you know, harmless post, but someone's going to have a problem with it and people are going to start arguing and pick, picking sides. It's just ridiculous. I just, it's got to end suit. That's got to end more, more than anything. Yeah. I look, I've got kids and I do worry about that. You know, we've, our job as a parent these days seems to be to shepherd them away from all these bloody awful online sites, because if you've got kids, I mean, you know, they're addicted to iPads before you, I mean, it's just, yeah, I, I don't have any kids, but I've, I've seen it. That's all I do. It's terrible, mate. It's it's my eldest daughter in particular, who's very creative, of course, thing loves drawing and stuff, but she could, you can see it's like a trance. And, and, oh, yeah. and that extends into adulthood for a lot of people because of course. They, they then it morphs from playing games into getting into online media and uh, social media, and then that becomes the game. And then they pick a side, and then it's all over. And Twitter is just a sewer as far as I'm concerned. And then it's, it's like, I feel like they're not going to be able to interact with like human people. It's all, it's all digital, you know what I mean? Like us, we were out with our friends riding our bikes and, you know, re- human interaction. They're, they might not even have normal skills, <laughs> you know, like that we've had developed when we were kids. So it's going to be interesting to see the, the, how the future is. Yeah, indeed. And, and look on that note, did any of that, I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty sure Jamie writes the lyrics, but I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you yeah. have some input as well being a co-songwriter. So actually he's, he's, he writes all the lyrics, all the lyrics are Jamie's lyrics. We don't even know what they are until he like goes in the studio and sings oh, them wow. and then we hear them back. <laughs> so did you know if he addressed any of what's going on at the moment and the lyrical things? Well, that. um, it, well, it was it, it was recorded before the pandemic started, uh-huh. but I there, but it's definitely it could fit it fits perfectly with what's going on. But you know, it's it's a lot of stuff where you know the same. It's positive. We try and even though the music's aggressive and heavy, it's the the message still has to be positive and trying to you know make a change with yourself and don't follow the the herd or what you know all that stuff and just you know basically mm-hmm. stuff like that. My time might be up. I'm just checking. I do only have 20 minutes, I suppose, didn't I? Um, or have I, got, have I got another five minutes or so? Or? Uh, we could do five because I have another one coming up at 4.30. Sweet. Um, so I think there's a perception out there, and I always wanted to talk to a member of Hatebreed about this. 
Look, Jamie's podcast is just magnificent. He has a, a significant profile due to that. But it doesn't really cross over to the mainstream. And I think a lot of metal fans think it does. When, when it, To be honest, I don't, I don't think it does because I haven't seen any evidence of it. But from that, they think you guys get a significant leg up from that. So I just wanted to talk to a member of Hatebreed about that. Do you, do, you, do you think you get a significant leg up because of Jamie's profile through his podcast? Um, I mean, I think everything helps just being out there because everything is like everything is done by social media. So the more you're out there doing stuff and you're maybe it gives you a little more fame, I guess you could say. So it could help a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's, you just got to tour with a band. You just got to tour as much as possible and, and stay out there musically that way. So I, you know, I maybe a little bit just, just for a slight, but not, not that much. Yeah. Cause you still got to like the, yeah. the, you still got to like the band and the music. It doesn't matter what, you know, one of the members is doing on the side. Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, look, mate, I hope we can see you guys down here sometime soon. I'd love to, uh, but that the gig at the River Stage up here, mate, with Parkway Drive, I was certainly looking forward to that. I haven't seen you guys live yet, unbelievably. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I know, I think the last time you were here was 2012, or you were here with Soundwave. I know that. Um, yeah, yeah, Soundwave. Yep. That was good. I think we might have been there one more time. I think it was like Australia Warp Tour or something like that. Oh, I can't yeah, remember what year that was. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was interesting. Yeah, I got to say I avoided a lot of that because even back I, I'm 42, so even back when the Warp Tour started to kick off in Australia, I was just probably a year or two above the demographic that they were going. Yeah, so <laughs> just they were just manic, <laughs> right? <laughs> they were crazy, but I'm sure you guys had great a great time and great fun. And uh, but look, uh, congratulations. Uh, you know, I wanted to give you a specific congratulations as I did at the uh, the outset for your guitar tone for really working hard and getting thank you thank you plus there's a there's a lot of there's a few guitar solos on this album too which which i was always good for me to do guitar solos because we're not really known for guitar solos so that's another cool thing you'll be interested in once you once you hear it please (laughs) do more of that stuff yeah i mean it inspires people because people are already drawn to your riffing and the way you approach it they hear you doing solos i had this chat uh with mantis you know from venom uh about it you know like i one of the first things that i ever played was black metal and uh, was it Welcome to Hell? I think might have been as well. You know, just like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it does. I mean, when you're young and impressionable and the guitar teacher wants you to learn Beatles shit, you really want <laughs> yeah. to learn. You want to learn from yourself or Mantis because that's what's getting right. the blood pumping through the veins. And if they hear you doing soloing, man, well, that's that. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, Wayne's doing that. So I'm going to try to do it. That's what's going to happen, man. So yeah, that'd be great. If I can inspire that, that'd be great. Yeah. All right, killer mate. Um, yeah, all the best with everything. And thanks very much. All right, thank you. All right, cheers. Catch you. Bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. Thanks for tuning in because that conversation was with hate-breed guitarist Wayne Lozniak. Thanks so much for listening.